2: It is 11 a.m. on a Friday morning in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Time once again for Southern Pride Sports. On your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide, 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, your trusty, if not talented host of the program, with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Chocolatier. Out there, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Got some special orders in mind, maybe, for your business, maybe for that special someone, maybe for your your group. Well, you can get that done at Peterbrook here. Give them a call at 205 752 and they can make that next event, that next uh, gathering of yours, uh, special with the great, great chocolate there from Peterbrook Chocolatier. Joined, as always, on the program by executive producer Joe Gaither who together we combine to form the 60-minute booth of Sports Talk Radio. Joe, how you doing on this TGIF morning?
1: I'm doing awesome today, Travis. I'm very thankful it's Friday. We've got some sports in our lives, so it's a great day.
2: It's all happening, as Penny Lane said in the great, great movie, Almost Famous. It is all happening in the world of sports right now. Trying to happen. We're trying to make it happen in sports. You know, we had the opening night of for Major League Baseball 2020 last night. Dr. Fauci, a little wide, a uh, little wide left with that first pitch that he tossed out there. <laughs> Yankees, Nationals, lid lifter last night in D.C. But look, Tony's got some company, all right. When it comes to some really abhorrent first pitch attempts throughout the history of the game, fifty cent man. Remember that first pitch by Fifty Cent a few years back? You know Carl Lewis, he has the uh, he has the unenviable honor of the double dip. Really, when it comes to absolutely butchering a first pitch, but also Carl Lewis attempted to sing a national anthem many years ago at an NBA game. Uh, it was a Nets game back when the Nets actually played in New Jersey. And Carl butchered that as well. So the double dip for Carl Lewis. You know, it's always good advice on these first pitches that you don't go from the rubber. Just step up there to the front of the dirt, maybe on the hill. I know our ego gets the best of us, and nostalgia gets the best of us. You know, we're in our 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever it may be. Or just the fact that we haven't really thrown a baseball with any type of intent for a couple of decades. We're gonna go back to that rubber, especially males. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, guy thing, and we're gonna, we're gonna throw the proper pitch from sixty feet six inches. Doesn't always work out so well. I think Tony, Dr. Fauci, last night looked like he didn't go from the rubber, so he he tried to shorten it up, but uh, he still damn near threw that ball to first base last night. Speaking of baseball, Atlanta Braves fans are happy today, aren't they? Atlanta Braves. Set to open their season in New York against the Mets. 305 first pitch this afternoon. That'll be Fox Sports Net. You'll have Mike Soroka, the youngin, opening day starter for the Braves. 13-4 and a year ago, 2.68 ERA. 142 strikeouts in and 174 and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, but you get a little bit of a shock to the system here in the last few moments if you're a Braves fan because Brian Snitker, manager for the Braves, announces that Atlanta is without its top two catchers for tonight's opener, this afternoon's openers. Uh, Tyler Flowers and Travis Darnod, according to Snicker, both guys have tested negative for COVID-19, but have shown symptoms. Thus, they remain in Atlanta for the time being. Are you going to run out there to catch today, Joe Gator? Are you going to run maybe Eddie Perez? You know, Maybe Javi Lopez. Yeah, Javi's right? my guy. Doing? Yeah, Bruce Eggs Benedict. Charlie Cul- Culberson is your utility guy, though, right? Kind of do-it-all guy, Charlie Culberson. Uh, so Isn't Brian a McCann little, a free agent? Yeah, exactly. That's a, a little concerning on opening day when you don't have your top two catchers. So we'll see how that goes for the Braves tonight. Two zero five. is the Peterbrook Chocolate, your studio line if you'd like to check in with us. On a Friday morning, we're going to check in with Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com, coming up in just a little bit. We'll talk some Alabama football with Charlie. Charlie's been ranking the position groups on each side of the football for the Alabama Crimson Tide in 2020 at the website. We'll get into some of that with Charlie coming up. You also, as we talked about yesterday on the program, we alerted you to this yesterday. uh, You're entering another phase of the mandatory workouts in college football. That started today. The 20-hour rule goes into effect. As we told you yesterday, one of the biggest additions to the workouts is that you can now incorporate a football, an actual football, a real football, into the walkthroughs that are allowed. And you continue to have the involvement of the on-the-field staff, and you just try your best to continue to work towards what you hope to be fall camp, which is set. I guess preseason practice, maybe a better way of saying it this year. Who knows what exactly it'll consist of? But August seventh is that next big date on the college football calendar. Also today, the NCAA Board of Governors scheduled to consider uh, scheduled to consider voting on. Whether or not to cancel fall championships uh, for the NCAA. The key point in all this when you hear that is I know uh, college sports fans think, oh, wow, uh, that could mean, you know, the, the, the college football playoff. Well, no, the NCAA does not oversee the college football playoffs. So where this becomes important most is for FCS championships division two championships maybe the division three and then you get into the non-revenue fall sports who could certainly feel the impact of the cancellation potentially of fall uh, championships in those sports so again while you could see that happen here today uh if fbs teams in football want to move forward there's no real reason in terms of ncaa oversight that they shouldn't And this isn't the NCAA tournament we're talking about here. The NCAA, back in March, had that authority and did follow through on canceling the 2020 NCAA uh, basketball tournaments, men's, women's, you name it. The biggest issue the board has right now is optics. And really, for Power 5 schools, FBS schools, that could ultimately be the biggest issue. If, in fact, the NCAA Board of Governors decide to cancel fall championships and then the Power Five, the FBS schools say, well, that's fine, but we're still moving forward with a plan to have a college football playoff and to play for championships. And as we told you from the outset of this type of discussion, this isn't the Ivy League we're talking about here. Okay, this is a four billion dollar industry. That's with a B. That's with a B. So, again, FCS football, non-revenue, fall sports, championships, or no, whatever the NCAA Board of Governors decide to do today, if, in fact, they do anything, it's not likely to make a ripple effect with the Power Five conferences and most, if not all, of the Group of Fives. If you're an SEC fan, next Thursday is really the date you have circled on your calendar because that's when SEC presidents are scheduled to convene On and discuss what the upcoming season will look like for their league. That's the next big date for you, July the 30th, one week from yesterday. So uh, some things of interest in the college football world to keep an eye on here in the next six or seven days. Also, from the Alabama perspective, you saw this morning Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell are all on the preseason watch list for the Maxwell Award, which annually goes – to college football's top overall player. If I had to rank those guys in terms of probability of winning uh, an award like the Maxwell, I would probably, I would actually go Jalen Waddell. I've been on this Jalen Waddell train when it comes to the individual awards, the Heisman, those type of, you know, uh, honors for, for Alabama players for the upcoming season. I'm a little surprised Mac Jones isn't there, you know? I know you got three, but in terms of likelihood or potential to actually win the award, I'd probably go Jalen Waddell, Najee Harris. Uh, You know, we talked about Jonathan Taylor from last year. Jonathan Taylor rushed for over 2,000 yards and wasn't a Heisman finalist because he's a running back. I mean, this is going to end up being a quarterback award just like the Heisman in all likelihood. So I go Jalen Waddell just because I think the wow factor is greater with Jalen if he has the kind of season as a receiver that you anticipate and then you mix in what he's able to do in the return game, assuming teams, again, are dumb enough to kick him the football. I think he's got more potential there. Devontae Smith, uh, you saw last year with Jamar Chase at LSU. Jamar Chase had a season for all time last season, and he, too, wasn't really within a whiff of the Heisman Trophy because his quarterback, Joe Burrow, was uh, absolutely going to be that guy. So you got that out there as well. Some recruiting stuff to keep an eye on as we move into the weekend. Uh, it was a pretty good Sunday last Sunday for Alabama with Terrence Ferguson committing to the Crimson Tide for the 2021 cycle, the four-star offensive lineman from Fort Valley, Georgia, now set on this Sunday coming up. Damon Payne, five-star defensive tackle from Belleville, Michigan, has set his commitment date for Sunday and Alabama forecasting as the favorite to land the services of Damon Payne. A guy on tape, when you watch him, really represents what you're seeing more and more at that position. He's a three-down guy on the interior.
1: Uh,
2: He's Got some quick twits to him for a guy that is six, three and a half, two hundred ninety five 295 pounds. You, know, you can play him on the nose if you're in some base defense situations. You get into nickel and dime, he can be one of those interior pass rushers that you can keep on the field. So five-star defensive tackle Damon Payne set to announce on Sunday. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line, you know, it's a pretty funny morning around Casa de Rye or Joe Gaither. Uh, unfortunately for the Pomeranian, Fu the Pomeranian, hitting heading into his 13th year on this planet. <laughs> for Fu, you know, just minding his own business in the kitchen, and I'm making this 32-ounce cup of Powerade Zero. You know, I got this baby ready to go. I love the Powerade Zero in a in a big cup with some crushed ice and I'm trying to get the, uh, the plastic sort of tethering that comes with those uh, bottles of of drinks like Powerade Gatorade. And I've already poured the drink, but I'm now trying to get it untethered. Uh, And it's, it's a situation where in pulling with force, I knock over the thirty-two ounce cup of Powerade Zero, and poor Foo got the big Gatorade dump, the victory dump, at about you know nine thirty this morning. I don't think he appreciated that. You know,
1: did the blonde dog get stained by the Powerade by the Gatorade?
2: Oh, it's the great Powerade. So yeah, he's got a little bit of a uh, he's got a little bit of a Joker look to him actually today because of the purple. Uh, And then also, he got into something that has got his mouth on both corners, kind of Kool-Aid-looking, you know, with the red. So, yeah, with that white fur of his, yeah, he looks pretty, uh, he looks jokered out on this Friday morning. Yeah. I'll tell you this, someone who isn't a joker, not on the golf course the last couple of days, how about Michael Thompson? Former Alabama All-American up there at the 3M Open on the PGA Tua stop up there in Blaine, Minnesota at the TPC Twin Cities. Michael Thompson needing to rally here late in the PGA Tour season. Came into Thursday's opening round outside the top 125. It's important for a multitude of reasons. Consider the upcoming FedEx Cup playoffs among that. And uh, Michael Thompson need to make something happen and he's done that at last check. Michael Thompson coming off a 7-under 64 yesterday up there, uh, was 4-under on the day today, went off at 650 this morning, Do sweeping, Michael Thompson on this Friday, and was 11-under for the tournament, which was first place, solo first place at last check. We'll try to check up on that some more as we move throughout the program on this Friday. You've got a lot of Alabama guys and gals playing professional golf, man it's gotten to the point where I'm trying to keep up with it. There at BamaOnline.com, you got Robbie Shelton in the field on the PGA Tour with Michael Thompson this week, and then you look over at the Corn Ferry Tour, and you've got a guy like Davis Riley, former Alabama All-American, playing lights out. He's number one on the points list over there in the Corn Ferry Tour one last weekend in San Antonio. With another win, his third of the season, Davis Riley will – Gain that automatic promotion to the PGA Tour. Goes straight to the PGA Tour with his third win of the season. Uh, Last check for Davis. He was one under on the day, six under for the tournament in Springfield, Missouri uh, this week for the Corn Ferry Tour. And in a tie for 12th, you also have Trey Mullinex playing in that event. Another really good former Alabama player. So uh, pro golf right now. Sort of sustained us. It's gotten to this to this point of Major League Baseball cranking up, the NBA cranking up. Checked out some of the NBA scrimmages here in the last couple of days down at Disney. I, I think they've done as good a job of trying to sort of create a sense of environment, you know, as you can without fans. And we've talked about this before. One of the things the NBA and the NFL primarily benefit from is they've become more of spectacles and events uh, as they are even football games. And so for the NBA, incorporating music and visuals and those things during the bubble uh, return of an NBA season, not all that difficult, but still looks pretty cool. Pretty good stuff down there at Disney that the uh, league is doing with the restart. And it's about to be, uh, we're a week away, I guess, from it being real. Uh, there in the NBA with the return of those guys. We're going to head to our first break. When we come back, Charlie Potter of BamaOnline.com will get into his positional rankings on each side of the football for the 2020 Alabama Crimson Side when Southern Fried Sports presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier, returns
0: on a Friday right here on Side 100.9 FM right after this. Partially sunny this afternoon, the chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms through the evening hours. The high today, 92. Tonight's low, 74. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, scattered showers and storms around during the day. The high at 91. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com. Or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide.
3: vows of man
0: A Friday
2: edition of the surprise right it. here on 500.9 FM. Travis Ryers, senior too analyst, too analyst for BamaOnline.com on with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Today's playlist theme, Heat. So, so you know we had to bring you some cool you in the game with a little too high it's about that. Time to head to the Peterbrook Chocolate Beer studio line. Check in with our good friend Charlie Potter, my partner there at BamaOnline.com does a great job covering the Crimson Tide for the 24-7 Sports.com network. Now, Charlie, we know you're a Braves fan. I'm not sure of your baseball background. I'm not sure if you've ever uh, caught. You've been a catcher maybe in the past because if you have, it sounds like the Braves could use you up in New York City perhaps this weekend, Charlie. Both catchers, top two catchers out, and the Braves having to go, I guess you could say almost literally to the bullpen for – uh, a couple of backups, Charlie, to open up the season. How about that, Charlie? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, it's not the best news for opening day. Um, you know, I, I saw where they tested negative, but it was showing symptoms, and the symptom thing is always kind of worrisome. Just because it, you know, it seems like uh, the calm before the storm, so to say. But you know, for me, uh, <laughs> I, I hung it up in, in little league. That just wasn't my jam. I was the kid out there playing in the dirt, <laughs> so um, I was more of into football, Um, I played that every level that you could have um, from, you know, flag to to varsity. But, um, no, it's exciting. I mean, it's not the best of news, but, I mean, it's a a great matchup on opening day of pitchers. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, Mike Stroka handles a a new catcher back there. But, um, you know, going against Jacob DeGrom, I don't know what more you could ask for on opening day.
2: Yeah, you still have Ronald Acuna Jr. at the top of that lineup with Ozzy Albies right behind him, followed by Freddie Freeman. I'll take that, that three-guy sort of setup there. Uh, Interesting with the universal DH, though, Charlie. You're going to see Matt Adams, it looks like, in that role, Uh, certainly for the opener, uh, Austin Riley playing some third base, Uh, Dansby Swanson back at shortstop. I mean, it's still a really formidable lineup, right?
1: It is. I know. Last week we had I kind of hinted at the uh, uh, Yasiel Puig edition, and that unfortunately didn't happen. That would have been you know entertaining to see, but no. I mean, it's a it's a ball club that won a lot of games last year, and um, you know it's hopefully I know everybody's going through. Uh, you know, this unprecedented off season and having to adjust. And the Braves are literally having to adjust at the, the last hour here. But, you now there's still a lot of talent there. It's good to see Freddie Freeman back out there. Hearing him talk about his COVID-19 experience was, was kind of scary. Uh, but it's it's good to see him back healthy and, and looking like himself. I know back in a, a scrimmage or a simulated game, uh, he almost hit for the cycle. So when you have that guy in your lineup along with the Cunha and some of those young guys, you feel pretty good. Yeah,
2: Marcakis opting out. That puts Marcel Azuna right in the middle of everything out there in the left field and also hitting cleanup this afternoon against the Mets. Uh that could be a a key to this uh Atlanta Braves offense. That being said, you're more worried about the pitching still, Charlie. I know Cole Hamels was an off season addition. He struggled with his health. Um faulty the other night didn't look especially good albeit in an exhibition summer camp game is that is that what's going to keep you up at night maybe charlie as much as anything with this team
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i, I still think that's the, the question mark i mean obviously you, you have your ace going in soroka and he's a young talented pitcher but it just seems like he's the most consistent and um you know it's good to see a opening day game without uh, to run out of the mound but um I do think that's the biggest question mark, and I mean that's that's kind of the mo in baseball, right? I mean, if if you have the talented or if you have the talent on the mound, uh, you, know, you feel better about your chances. And uh, right now, I think that's up in the air for the Braves. We'll see. Um, yeah, you and know, I'm not really worried about the youngster pitching tonight. But you know, uh, after the weekend, I think you'll get a better glimpse of, of maybe how things are going to go, and, and hopefully it'll it'll turn out in the Braves' favor.
2: Have you watched any of the NBA scrimmages? Uh a big Magic fan, Charlie Potter, and if so, I guess as much as anything, I talked about this in the opening segment, just sort of how it's being presented down there on the Walt Disney campus with the trio of venues and how the NBA is really done about what I guess you would expect it to do and, and uh, making it a, a pretty fascinating look on television from down there.
1: Yeah, I tried to catch a little bit of it. Um... You know, I, I know they start up uh, later this month officially, but just to just to see because, like I said, I mean, my wife and I go to Disney quite a bit, um, and just to see how they're handling and how uh, it's being perceived and all the things is is just so fascinating. Because I love watching basketball. Basketball is a fast-paced sport and it's fun to watch on TV, but just you know, with with no audience, it, it's just so strange. And um, you know, seeing these guys get back to work and seeing how they're meshing out. Stuff. of course they're going to have to social distance and, and be in groups and and things like that but um you know alabama's chugging along and um yeah you know, I, I know that they haven't been as transparent with you know their numbers and reporting the cases but they're also not pausing workouts or anything like that so that's you know that tells me everything is they, they've had a plan this whole time and it sounds like that plan has been working it sounds like that plan has been working for a lot of sec teams i think they you know, did their due diligence and you know, before getting these guys back to campus, had a plan in place. So uh, for Alabama, you know, it's on to step three today. Um, you know, hopefully to hear a little bit more about what's going on uh, with that. But, you know, if, if they keep chugging along, you know, we could have some some preseason practices, you know, coming up in uh, in a few weeks or a couple of weeks. Uh, I believe the seventh is the first week they can do that. So that's two weeks from today. So, yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting to see if they can continue on this uh Slow but steady, you know, pace back to normalcy, and um, I know the SEC, ACC, uh, Big Twelve are, are doing the best they can to to maybe have a, a full season or you know as close to one as possible. And right now, with what Alabama's been able to do from a, a summer workout perspective, is you know they're chugging along as if uh, you know things are going to go off without a hitch.
2: Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. All on the preseason watch list for the Maxwell Award. We learned that this morning. Uh, any surprise not to see Mac Jones on that list as well, or does that make about the the, the the right amount of sense to you with those three?
1: I mean, the three makes sense. Uh, I think Najee, you know, has the best chance to to be that college player of the year. Uh, I think he has a, a good chance to be invited to to New York if he has a similar season, and then you know. I mean, Devontae Smith had a hell of a season last year, and Jalen is so versatile. And, and, you know, I've I've done a decent job of predicting, you know, what will happen with these watch lists. I know um, earlier in the week, the the Nagurski and the Outland Trophy, I mean, it was like seven Alabama players, so some – You know, like other schools a little bit more than others, I was really surprised by the Mackey Award, which goes to the nation's uh, top tight end, and they had Carl Tucker on there instead of Miller Forrestal. Yeah, I I noticed that, too.
2: Where's the love for Miller?
1: I mean, come on. Well, I I know it's so weird because they're all on this list and they have these announcements and everything. But I know Alabama nominates players for some of them, but not all. So I think with that one, that one was just, you know, they thrive an Alabama tight end and maybe a a new face to to breathe some new life in there. But I think when it comes to the Maxwell, I mean, obviously that's one of the bigger uh, awards that are, you know, announced on ESPN's um, uh, College Football Awards show. But it doesn't really shock me just because, you know, know, we've talked all offseason about a quarterback battle. And um I know Mac Jones was on the Davy O'Brien Award watch list, but um you know with this I, the the three that were on there were the three that I expected, I'll say that. And um I mean, who knows? I mean they're they're watch lists. I mean when you have a list of ninety players uh, you, you basically just you know throw some guys on there and hope for the best. And if you're smart, you, you make it so that you can add players or take players off as the season progresses. So it's just something to talk about. Um, but I always try to keep up with it because it's fascinating. There's about 13, and every one of them besides the, the Lou Groves and the Ray guy had an Alabama player on there. But I think that doesn't surprise many Crimson Tide fans.
2: Yeah, the Davey O'Brien is one of the few major individual awards that an Alabama player hasn't won. It's interesting when you consider the quarterback run Alabama's had just in the last decade. But of course, Tua ran into some injury issues. He also ran into Kyler Murray and uh, Joe Burrow last year, so that had something to do with that. And uh, I think AJ McCarron actually won the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award back in 2013. So there is some quarterback representation there. So as we look ahead, we continue to do that. By the way to the 2020 college football season. I know of late here at BamaOnline.com, you've been ranking the position groups in order on both the offensive side and defensive sides of the football. Let's start on the defense. How did that sort of break down for you there, Charlie, at BamaOnline.com?
1: Yeah, that one was uh, a little tougher than the offense, uh, to be honest. <laughs> and, uh, it, it was kind of easy to do the you know the lower half of the rankings, um, yeah, I think safety is just—you have to replace both starters, and you don't have a lot of experience or depth really uh, at the position. Of course, you know you have Jordan Battle he's he's really your most experienced player there, and uh, you have guys like Daniel Wright and Demarco Helms who are expected to kind of you know, fill roles within the secondary. But it's you're you're looking at basically a, uh, an empty cupboard there with with Jared Maiden. Shaheem Carter, and, of course, Xavier McKinney moving on. So that one was kind of easy at number five. And then, you know, outside linebacker, uh, it, it comes in ahead of safety because, you know, it, it has a lot more depth. I mean, Alabama signed one of the best linebacking classes in the country uh, this past cycle, and a lot of that is because of the four top 100 outside linebackers they added to the roster. But you also have guys like, you know, Christopher Allen, King Lakuta, Dan Davis, Jerez Parks. Um, coming back, so there's just a lot more uh, to work with there in terms of depth. And they have to replace both starters there, yes, but there's more options. And then it you know starts to get a little hairy. Uh, I think cornerback, you know, is another position where you you don't have a lot of experienced depth, but you do have a guy like Patrick Sertan, the second that's coming back, and you know, he's a guy that's been up for a lot of those um, you know award watch lists, and is a guy that could potentially be a, a top ten pick uh, you know next year and Guys like Josh Job and Ronald Williams, you know, that they're guys with experience, and you know, can step into bigger roles. And a couple of the young guys too have some promise. Guys like Marcus Banks, he's a name that you know has been mentioned to me a couple of times uh, this off season. And you know, at the top, um, the defensive line, what Alabama's been able to do from a recruiting standpoint and kind of stockpile talent, I think, has really helped that position. I know, in you know, uh, a couple of years ago, we were talking about just the the lack of depth up front. But you know, they've addressed that. Uh, you only lose really one uh senior starter or contributor in, in Raquan Davis and you get guys like LeBron Ray and DJ Dale back from injury. You had guys like Christian Barmore, Justin Boydby and Byron Young, um, you know, step up into to roles last year because of injuries and the defensive line should just be in good shape. It's it's still, you know, a relatively young position group, but there's just there's so much depth there. You can fill out a, a true four deep uh with that unit. And then for me, uh, with Dylan Moses coming back, Josh McMillan coming back for his sixth year, and then you have you know two true freshmen that played um every game last year as starters. Uh, I think inside linebacker is the top one for me just because of the experience, the now depth that it has. And then you know, you throw in guys like an Ali and Jalen Moody, guys that have been in the program, you add players like a Des Moy Kennedy and Jackson Bratton, uh, it's it's just a from top to bottom whether it's you know veterans, guys with experience, guys with potential, and then promising newcomers. It it kind of checks all the boxes. So for defense, I know that was kind of a, a long winded answer, but that's a, how it came out for me. I think you know inside linebackers is in a much better position than it was last year.
2: Yeah, and you got some crossover into the kicking game with those linebackers, as you mentioned, Ali Kahoe, uh, maybe as good a special teams player as Alabama has. Uh, heading into the 2020 season, so you can you can get a lot of value out of some guys that are actually, at least in terms of perception, heading into the season, going to be down the depth chart a little bit with the returns of Dylan Moses and Josh McMillan. The offensive side, Charlie, I'm going to guess the big guys are at are really close to the top of the list of those rankings for the O.
1: Oh yeah, they are. That offensive line, I mean. Uh, they were good last year, and almost everybody's back. Uh, you lose Cedric Wills, obviously, but Alex Leatherwood's back at left tackle. You can kind of mix and match what you're going to do with that uh, fifth opening. But, you know, Landon Dickerson, Deontay Brown, and Evan Neal, um, you know, they make that group one of the best in the nation. And then you know, after that, you go with the running backs just because Najee Harris is back, Brian Robinson is back, Keelan Robinson's back. I know you're a big fan of him. Uh, you get a healthy Trey Sanders. You add three true freshmen to the group. Uh, it's just, it's one of the deeper backfields in the SEC, if not the country. From there, you move on to wide receiver. Um, you know, I know you lose two first round draft picks, and, and Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, but to get Devontae Smith back, to get Jalen Waddle back, uh, will help this offense. And then you have some young guys that are ready to step up guys like John Mechie, uh, Slade Bolden, and Xavier Williams. You've, we've heard a lot about a young guy in Javon Baker this off season. So I think even though you lose two talented players, you're still in a good spot at receiver. And then I had quarterback at number four. Um, yeah, I think Alabama has two really good options at quarterback in Mac Jones and, and Bryce Young. But you know, when you look at the the groups that I just mentioned, they're just not as established. And then, you know, tight end, um, you basically have everybody back. Um, from from last year, I know Giles Amos uh, entered the transfer portal. But you now you add Carl Tucker from North Carolina, it's a deeper group. But the the group needs to get better. Um, you know, it's, it's probably one of the weak links of the offense last year. Some of that had to do with Miller Forrestall's injury, but they need to get more consistent as blockers. And adding a guy like Tucker and, and getting Forrestall to really focus on his body this offseason, I think will help with that. And um, you know, from from there, yeah, I mean, with me ranking those position groups. I started at one, penciled in the offensive line, then worked my way down. That was a pretty easy one.
2: Well, great stuff from Charlie Potter, as always. Also, those Where Are They Now features at BamaOnline.com. If you're wondering what 1999 Outland Trophy Award winner Chris Samuels is up to these days, Charlie's got you covered right there at BamaOnline.com. Part of the great coverage BOL provides to you literally on a 24 7 basis. Hey, Charlie. Thanks, as always. Have a great weekend, my man.
1: All right, man. Thanks for having me.
2: There he goes. Charlie Potter, if you haven't already, give him a follow on Twitter as well. At Charlie underscore Potter, P o t t e r. Going to take a quick break. We come back. More of Southern Fried Sports on a Friday right after this.
3: thing I said that I would never do a look from you and I would fall from grace And I would wipe the smile right from my face Do you remember when we used to dance?
4: And it back to rose from, from Southern Pride Sports right here on Tide 100.9 mm-hmm. FM Travis Reier Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show brought to you in part by Houston Hydrastine, home of the Houston Rug Revival. You've heard me talk about it. It is very real, folks. Give them a call at 205-553-9460. Brighten up, clean up those rugs, those carpets, that upholstery, that tile, the grout. They can handle all of that for you. At Houston HydraSteam 205-553-9460. Houston HydraSteam. Quality work you can stand on. Uh, Brett McMurphy of Stadium.com is reporting that the NCAA has advised schools that after a student athlete has a confirmed positive COVID test, those student athletes won't have to test again for three months unless they show symptoms of the illness so there you go i think that's probably more impactful uh to the to the f uh to the group of fives and even when you get into fcs football from an economical standpoint really uh, i don't know if it's the most thorough way to go about testing but when you consider what's required financially to conduct testing for let's say a football program of 100 players or so, staff, everybody else, Uh, one confirmed positive test, and then probably screenings. I think at the lower levels, that's going to be the biggest difference. There's going to be screening for the virus, and then there's going to be outright testing. And more of the outright testing on a consistent basis, you're going to see more so with the halves, and that being – the power fives than say the group of fives, the FCS division two and so forth. We're going to step aside for a final break. When we come back, it's time on a Friday for pops pops on point coming at you. Right. Right after this on tide, 100.9 FM.
0: Partially sunny this afternoon, the chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms through the evening hours. The high today, 92. Tonight's low, 74. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, scattered showers and storms around during the day. The high at 91. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9
4: Always, always brought to you by Peterbrook chocolates. Here it is another hot one here in West Central Alabama.
0: So how about a little
4: heat wave from 1963? Martha and the Vandellas, Pops, bringing you on here. It's it's warm out where you're at too, right? Sounds like y'all
3: are going
4: through a heat wave up there. We are, Pops. We are the chocolate lady and I. It was so hot yesterday.
0: I lost we, it.
4: Uh, just sort we sort of just <laughs> impromptu ran down and jumped in the lake yesterday afternoon. That's what we did.
2: Pops? Yo. We got you, Pops.
4: You there? Hey uh Joe, what are what are we looking like with Pops? Like well everything looks right
0: him. let me let me put him on hold and uh and, and, and check back in with you him. Never,
4: you never know with pops you know he only worked in the telephone industry for 31 years so the whole landline thing you know he's been out of touch with that for a while he doesn't like talking on the phone to begin with let's see if we can get him back
0: we're dialing him back up right now
4: <laughs> oh pops See if we can catch him.
2: Classic Pops.
4: Yeah, I know. We had a few things. We really pressing issues we need to get to with Pops, you know, because he's down there in Jacksonville, Florida, (laughs) and the Republican National Convention has been canceled. Pops, are you with us now? Pops? He's having phone issues, I think. We were going to... uh, Yeah, we were going to ask him if that messed up sort of his Airbnb rental plans with the convention going by the wayside. But uh, I don't know if we're going to get Pops. Pops? Still working on it. Pops? I can hear Pops.
3: I can hear him in the background.
4: I can't hear. I heard Travis for just
3: a second and he fell off and that was it. The first time around.
4: Let me try something real quick, Joe. Okay, just hang in there with me.
1: Well, we're gonna get Pops right back on here in just a moment. <laughs> Pops, talk to us. You, you were saying you're about halfway through your uh, mowing your grass today, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I got the I got the back done. I gotta get the front done.
1: <laughs> How big is your yard out there in Jacksonville?
3: It's about a dime. <laughs> It, when, when i was younger i could do my front end back in an hour and a half today when when you're 72 years old it takes me about three hours <laughs> I have to stop you know every 30 minutes and drink now, a- water
2: can you hear me now pops
3: i got you i got you oh, all
2: right there we go <laughs> um we were talking about uh the republican national convention yeah now. yeah uh, i'm not going to be able to I know you had a couple of spare bedrooms. Maybe you were going to. It, be- it, it
3: breaks, breaks my heart. It does. It, it, it just breaks my heart. Uh, things won't ever be the same around here again. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. Breaks my heart. It was the best news I've had since they announced they were coming. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Lord! My hero, uh, he's he, he King Bone Spurs. I thought was going to be here. Just you know. Yeah. And live in color. Yeah.
2: Were you going to go down there with your mask on? As, no, no I, I was I
3: was going, as going to Tuscaloosa. As,
2: as you are? Yeah.
3: <laughs> I do wear a mask. Yeah. yeah. I wore it this morning to get my car washed, as a
2: matter of fact. You really got the car washed, huh? Got it washed first thing. The 5-move 4-runner, as I refer to that. <laughs> He <likes> that 4 <laughs>
3: He loves that 4-runner. Yeah.
2: So, uh... What uh what! What are we looking at in terms of uh, high school football down there? Because your FHSAA a couple of days ago pretty much yeah. said we're going to rock and roll, but now I'm seeing here in in the last seven or eight hours they have yeah. reversed that, and now they've decided to pause yeah your, uh, I, the preseason practices down
3: there. Yeah, it's not supposed to start for two, two more weeks. You know, um, yeah. I don't. I don't. Travis, I swear I I don't see how any football is gonna work out. I, I I'm glad it's not up to me because I I wouldn't know where to start. It it's uh mm-hmm. it, Jacksonville is as hot as a firecracker right now as far as this virus goes,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and uh you know around the country or in the southeast anyhow.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's uh I don't know how schools can get back you know back into school and and. Kids getting together and having to practice and look at what they're talking about the NFL. No preseason, just start the season in September. Yeah. You know.
2: Well, they're still going to have preseason practices. They're just well, they'll have
3: preseason practices, but no games. Yeah. You know.
2: Yeah.
3: So, I, I, I just I I'm scared to death they're going to come out and go cancel, cancel, cancel the whole year. You know, <clears throat> and I, which I would. Certainly support if Dr. Fauci said that was the thing we need to do.
2: Fauci you know? had a rough first pitch last night, Pops. That yeah, night. I saw that. A little rough.
3: He he was afraid of that. You know, he he mm-hmm. said I, I might be bouncing it up there. <laughs> I thought I'd die. The guy catching me. I was, could only imagine what he was thinking.
2: Do you oh, think, you, you think tonight, if someone asked you to throw a first pitch? Could you from the rubber sixty feet six inches, could you deliver a strike you think
3: no, I, I couldn't my my right arm is shot, you know yeah, from that that rotator cuff and all that stuff, but yeah. it makes me mad because I really enjoyed ball, you know and playing I enjoyed playing ball mm-hmm. and and here I am, an old fart and i I can't even <laughs> throw it from ten foot.
2: You so know. you think you could, you might foul you one up if you I, go out there tonight.
3: I'm not knocking him at all because I couldn't do any better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Lord. So, uh,
2: are you at least excited to be able to maybe watch some baseball? Will you watch? Yeah. Baseball?
3: Well, it, it's it's, but still, it's hard to watch when 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 there's no one there. there you know you <laughs> know.
2: I don't ball know. The glove, though, Pops, the ball hit the glove, the ball hit the bat. You know, I like that. Yeah, I know, but
3: it's, it's just.
2: Put it in the bag.
3: I you guess know? you got to get used to it, you know, mm-hmm. of watching just the, the team out there.
2: And football will be the weirdest of them all. If there's Oh, no yeah, yeah. Games. Yeah.
3: Big time, because your yeah. fans are such a huge part of the game.
2: Especially college football.
3: That's just oh, like my deep. God. And, and, and yeah. I, and. And you know I love high school football too, and uh I mean high school and college is what it's all about and and it's just it's gonna to be totally different
2: uh, high school but, up here they're going they say they're going with it,
3: yeah well you
2: know
3: i and uh, if, the, if, it, if, it, if the math adds up i mean if the numbers are, are are okay, you know, and uh the cases and all that stuff uh yeah. But down here in Florida, it is it, it's nuts. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's crazy. Over a thousand cases every day.
2: Well, you people down there, you're not very coachable down there in Florida. You know. Well, we
3: no. got a we got a, a governor that's incredible. He's he's a Trump Jr. and he just he thinks he's he's the Mac. And then our mayor, and then they're all led yeah. by Bonesburg. And we're we're going downhill in a handbasket. You know. But I mean, yeah. you know.
2: What are you? Are you gonna ask, still go off for dinner tonight,
3: though? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
2: maybe some barbecue or something.
3: What? I think it was going up to the brick tonight, Trey. Now oh,
2: the brick's good. Get a good yeah. Here, the get brick. them uh, uh, what? Do you... Crab
3: cakes, man.
2: Oh, you like the crab cakes? Yeah, crab cakes. What about the for the brick? lunch today? What do you have?
3: Uh, actually, Nana made tuna fish.
2: Okay, tuna salad. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Never a bad thing.
3: Well, I get I got her to make some. She made some last the week before, and she's gonna make some. She's already made some. I like tuna fish the next day after she makes it. After it's been in the refrigerator all night. Cold,
2: cold. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. What about the lime trees? Are they producing right now? The lime
3: trees are producing uh, as the the, uh, the the. tea lime is not – I don't know what's wrong with it. It's not doing much, but the, just regular lime is doing good.
2: All right. Well, have a good weekend, Pops. We'll catch up with you next week.
3: All right. I'll see you later.
2: Bye. There he goes, Pops, on a Friday. That's going to do it for us here on Southern Friday Sports. Thanks to Pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Lunch whistle today. Southern Alehouse, 1530 McFarland Boulevard, north in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Try that outstanding yard bird chicken sandwich. So many other great items for you. Available at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. For Joe Gaither, thanks again. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.